you know, when I think about all, all the noise that is going on right now with this like new weight loss medications, right? And Ozempic, um, semaglutide and some of the other ones. It's not that that is bad, but I do believe that if we don't start to relate better with our body and the way that we feel with it and the way that we relate to food, right, we might not be successful in raising, reaching certain health goals that we have. This is the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions Podcast, and I'm your host, Maya Acosta. If you're willing to go with me, together we can discover how simple lifestyle choices can help improve our quality of life and increase our longevity in a good way. Let's get started. All right, friends, welcome back to another episode of the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Maya Acosta. And today I have a bilingual doctor who lives in Houston. Now she's been on the show before and I'm going to put a link in below in the show notes so that you can revisit that uh, conversation if you'd like. She was working really on the border of Texas and Mexico at one point in the valley, which is South Texas. And we're going to hear from her uh, to see what she has been up to. So Dr. Maria founded Salud Revisited, an integrative and lifestyle medicine, a humanized medicine practice in Texas. While in residency, Dr. Maria realized the many missing links in the care she provided to her patients. She noticed that Patients would visit after visit for medication refills, but not necessarily live healthier. After four years in practice, she completed her lifestyle medicine training and then retrained as a yoga instructor. She also studied culinary medicine and plant-based nutrition. In 2021, she started her Integrative Medicine Fellowship since she believes patients deserve holistic care. She is a trauma-informed physician who recognized that the events of, of harm to one's life affect body, mind, and soul. Her approach to care is your body tells a story and you can rewrite the narrative. She's the author of Healing the Wounds of Medicine, Stories and Journals for Physicians. Welcome, Dr. Colon. Thank you for having me, Maja. Thank you so much for reconnecting with me. As you know, I was when I first met you, I was just excited to know of you because as you know, in this lifestyle medicine world, there are only a handful of bilingual practitioners. So I'm so happy that you're still around. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yes, around practicing and living. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so catch us up. I'm going to put a link to the last time you were here on the show. And that was in June of 2021, exactly two years ago. And that was episode 121. And at the time I did a Spanish interview and an English interview. Um, but today I'm keeping it all in one language, <laughs> just to not confuse most of my listeners. So at the time you were living in the Valley, if you want to sort of recap the work that you were doing and what drove you to relocate cities and also approach integrative medicine? Yeah. So, you know, in the Valley, I was mostly working, providing primary care. I was working for a company called Vera Whole Health. And again, we provided holistic health, entire uh, human health. Um, we also had health coaches as part of the services. And that's really when I started to learn, like, you know, there's a lot more that we really can do for our patients if we just kind of like design uh, healthcare and the systems in a different way. Um, 
And I actually started my fellowship a couple of months after the interview. So that was in September of 2021. And, you know, I was listening to a podcast in the morning as I was getting ready for work. And what there was this passion inside of me that continued to woke, wake up about having the capacity to not only see a patient because of their disease or the medical condition that they have, right? There's also this awakening of, you know, people need gentle ways to take care of their bodies, right? And don't get me wrong, I prescribe medications, I still do, and I still will, right? What we know as Western medicine, but there are some medications that have, you know, side effects, and there are things that maybe we can do whether it is our lifestyle, whether it is maybe taking certain health supplements and certain herbs that can just help us, right? Um, be healthier, feel with more energy, more vitality. Um, and I had already completed the heart math training. And what I realized is like, oh my God, there's so much more that we can offer to our patients. And I have always loved this mind-body connection right? That's why I started practicing yoga um, since, you know, I was like in my teens. And I really think that sometimes in medicine, we divide the person, right? And I think that if we're going to take care of people, we need to take care of not only what's going on in their physical bodies, but as well as what's going on in their minds, their emotions, and ideally this place of the soul. So I was like, I'm going to do it, right? And I looked at different programs. I'm actually doing the program with the Academy of Integrative Health and Medicine. Um, and I should be completing it in October of this year. It's actually my graduation in San Diego. Um, and then afterwards, I hope to sit for the board exam. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm just so impressed. Good for you that you just continue to put those tools in your tool belt uh, so that you can offer even more to patients. I was already very impressed with you when I met you that you have that yoga training, that background and understanding what trauma does to our body. And since that time that I spoke with you, I have now learned about Gabor Mate. Yes. As you, <laughs> he's in the news making headlines all the time now. And he also explains that connection. Um, and it, since that time that I spoke with you, I now have a life coach who also has that understanding and that background. So she has me do a lot of physical movements during our sessions mm. um, because the trauma really does kind of stick to us. If you'd like to uh, tell my listeners for those that may not be familiar with what it means to be trauma-informed, if you can recap that as well. Yeah. So, you know, I think that sometimes in medicine, we forget that, again, when this person comes, they come with a story. What happened where you were growing up? And the reason that that is important is because it will affect not only if you have or not certain medical conditions, but it also affects even how many doctor visits you might have throughout the year. And then what we also know is that, especially when it comes to lifestyle behaviors, there might be a reason why for you, it might be difficult to take care of yourself and your body in a way that is healthier. Because what we do know is that when pain lives in our body, 
you know, emotional pain, physical pain. We really try to look for things that are going to help, like any human does, decrease that pain, right? So, and trauma-informed, it means I not only know your disease, but I know what happened to you. And I can understand the influence of what happened to you in your current behavior. Were you familiar? I don't know if we spoke about this the first time about Louise L. Hay, who wrote, You Can Heal Your Life, Mm -hmm. or you can... Were you familiar with her work? I am familiar with her work. Um, I don't think that we did talk about that the first time. I don't think so. It's uh, Those are some of the uh, readings that I had back in the day. I was very much into trying to make a connection between a physical issue and ailment and maybe some of the th- um, thoughts, beliefs that we have, limiting beliefs that we have. But there's trauma associated with that. And I don't know that many doctors validate work like Louise L. Hay, but she started her work with AIDS patients because she saw that there there was a need, you mm-hmm. know, of people needing support and love and understanding. And it was a community that we were neglecting. Um, so that drew me to her, just her her writings about um, how we might sort of manifest disease mm-hmm. in our body based on things, you know, how we still continue the story we continue to tell ourselves um, based on, on, on our upbringing. So that's wonderful. Now, um, you relocated to Houston, which when I heard that, I was really excited because I said, oh, my gosh, I'm probably going to see you more often now. Well, we've never met in person. We've only <laughs> been virtual. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm hoping to meet you in person in the near future. Will you be attending the Lifestyle Medicine Conference this year? Yes, in Colorado. I will be there. Oh my god. Yes. We're gonna meet. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, since the last time you were here, I'm now like at episode, I don't even know, episode 319 or 20. I don't even know. But Dr. Colon, I've had even more specialists come from ACLM, the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. And I've started to put more focus on women's health uh, because I became more active in the women's uh, member interest group. As you know, ACLM has interest groups. And I found that my passion is not only to continue to do this work, to bring experts on the podcast to support my listeners, but because the majority of my listeners are women, I wanted to start talking about health issues that pertain to women. So now we talk about everything from, you know, preconception health, which we've had Dr. Nancy Erickson on the show. She's in Houston um, to everything from that point on to even, you know, preeclampsia, some of the conditions that women deal with during pregnancy. And then, of course, menopause as we age. There's just so much to cover. So um, feel free to tell us anything that is of interest to you in terms of how you support your patients and women in general. And I'm also curious, now that you're in Houston, because it is a very diverse uh, community, are you still able to support Spanish-speaking patients? Oh, absolutely, right? So, you know, compared to when I was in the border, right, the percentage of patients is probably not as high. Right. Um, and I think that one of the reasons is because Houston being bigger, 
there's also more like spread, geographical spread. Um, and I do think that compared to uh, the valley, there is greater access to care here in terms of resources, right, and personnel. Um, so, yes, I do still see my uh, Spanish-speaking patients, but probably not as heavy as I did in the valley. And then, you know, when I think about female patients, and you probably saw this on the website because I know that you um, said that you went into the website. One of the areas that I really want to work with, Raid, is not only, it's not only a female issue. I don't want to put it in that category, but I do think that female patients struggle a lot more with body image that might our male patients. And we don't necessarily have to have an eating disorder, right, to have um, an unhealthy relationship maybe with our bodies, right, or unhealthy relationship with food. And, you know, when I think about all, all the noise that is going on right now with this, like, new weight loss medications, right, and Ozempic, um, semaglutide, and some of the other ones, it's not that that is bad, but I do believe that if we don't start to relate better with our body and the way that we feel with it and the way that we relate to food, right, we might not be successful in raising, reaching certain health goals that we have. So one of the specific things that I, and I offer, right, and that I really want to develop is so not only group visits, but I have a specifically a group visit that will be right, to heal and transform the relationship that we can have with our bodies and with food independently of our weight or independently if we do or do not have a diagnosable eating disorder, right? Because not mm. everybody that maybe doesn't feel completely happy with their body, right, has an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's just, or maybe we don't necessarily have an eating disorder, but we might have um, a relationship with food that keeps us a little bit obsessed. Um, and I and I understand what you're saying in terms of like not wanting to support this diet culture that we live in with these weight loss drugs and other uh, techniques and tools that people use to try to do this rapid weight loss that is never sustainable. I Lifestyle medicine takes such a gentle approach and that's something that you talked about, gentleness mm -hmm. um, early on, that there are ways that we can heal or at least improve the weight, uh, whatever goal that is, in a in a more gentle way, without obsessing about, you know, I'm supposed to restrict. I'm, you know, it's just all these thoughts that we as women have. So I do agree with you that it's it's not just specific to women, but women predominantly struggle with these ideas of body image, especially when bikini season comes around. Summer, summer, <laughs> yes. <laughs> So uh, let me ask you, humanize medicine. And I am looking at your website as we're talking about this. I love this term. Tell us what that means. And, how, you know, I, I've never heard it labeled that way. Are you the first person to, t to title this humanized medicine? Uh, well, I, I don't want to say the first person in the entire world because I haven't done a Google search, right? <laughs> um, 
Um, and so I, I do know that it's, so it's not like a specialty, right? Um, and it is something that as, as I was creating kind of like, like the concept, right? Of the type of care that I want to provide. Um, and even the name, you know, Salud Revisited, right? Let's go back and look at, you know, what we're calling health and how we provide health care. Um, it, it came up, but Humanized medicine, this is what it means to me. There's a couple of things, um, and I'm going to put it in simple terms. So one, your body is not a microwave. Therefore, we cannot treat it as a microwave, right? And, and I know that we are in a culture where we have quick and rapid access to everything, right? So we have learned to not wait right? This, you know, time, we are making of time seconds. But when it comes to true healing and transformation in our body, and especially when it comes to behaviors and the way that we take care of our body, lifestyle behaviors, right? As you know, these are not things that we're going to do in one or two days, right? This is something that will take time. And, and that's why I say, you know, if your body was not designed by a, as a microwave and it doesn't function as a machine, and I don't want to see you as you're this machine that sometimes in medical education, we learn how the body works, right? The body's this machine, but you're a human. You're not a machine. You're not a body. So one is because it represents this relationship that at least when it comes to health, I think that we need to go back and see how we're putting time out there. And really, you know, can we provide good care? And can you reach your health goals? And we're always in this fast, 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 quick, quick, quick um, way of living, right? The other thing that humanized medicine represents for me and is part of the style of care that I want to provide is that, so even that I'm a family physician and I'm not a specialist and, you know, I cannot do like surgery, I do not want to divide you as a human into pieces, right? So again, going back to what I said, right, there is a story that your body tells, right? In your body, you know, it's not only this, but your body has your heart. Your body has a mind and a brain, right? Where not only in the brain you have a secondary function and you can do math and read, but hello, this brain also is where fear starts, right? And I feel fear, right? And it's the one that has the capacity to send you signals related to emotions, so when I think about the care that I want to provide is I want to meet you in your humanity, right? Um, and the best example, you know, to give you an example, I have a patient that she was showing me pictures of her in different times, right? And she made different comments about this picture. So I told her, you know, one of the things that I want you to do is go back to this specific picture from this time. And I want you to journal. Why is it that this picture to you means so much? 
in terms of that's where I want to be. That's what represents health to me, right? So there is, you know, when we think about health, maybe for me, health is, well, your cholesterol level, your blood pressure level, your A1C. And yes, all of those are important. But when you think about this patient of mine that is looking at the picture, she's not looking at her blood pressure. She's not looking at her cholesterol. What she's looking at is a picture of her, herself, right? So what is it that she sees there that is health for her? And how is it that I can help her to, in a way, regain that? Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. It's a very personal thing discussing our health, just in general with anyone. Uh, and our physician is supposed to be the safe place, the safe person to speak with when it comes to our health. But even then, it feels very personal to verbalize, to hear ourselves say, well, I'm struggling. For example, when you talked about body image, like I, I struggle seeing myself this way. I, I feel, I look at myself and I, in my head, I'm very heavy or whatever it is that the person might be experiencing. It's very hard to verbalize that when we can't even verbalize it to ourselves in private to really be aware, have that awareness, and then to speak with our doctor about it in some ways it can be embarrassing, you know? Um, I like this technique that you talked about journaling and I saw that you have, you're, you're really, you authored Healing the Wounds of Medicine, Stories and Journaling for Physicians. How did that come about? I had no idea that you were a writer. Yes, yes. So, um, and if you actually, I, I'm now going to be doing like some poetry, um, so, you know, I think that in my journey, right, as a physician, one of the things that I discovered was that I needed to take back kind of like my creativity, right? And don't get me wrong, I love cooking. And I think that that's when I'm the most creative. I never follow a recipe, uh, but it always comes out good. <laughs> so, you know, in 2020, right? So when uh, COVID, right, was like, really in like the worst of it, which I think it was like April and May, you know, there was a lot that was going on for the physicians. And I'm sure that you know about, right, and everything that we had to deal to help our patients. But then when we came home to, you know, with our families, right, and um, for some of us, the fear that it represented, you know, working with sick patients, but that at the same time, knowing that we might able, you know, we might get sick. Or that also um, we might bring, you know, this disease to our families. And in my own like healing journey, right? And in my own looking at my own story, I realized like, wait, there is a lot of things in medicine that are not completely healthy for us, for us doctors. And the other thing, which I'm sure that, again, you know, because you're in this environment, you might know is, so there's a lot of physicians that have been leaving medicine, right? And when I think about that, I I had this like, well, but we need to do something (laughs) because, you know, if we lose all of our doctors, then that what's going to happen, right? And 
I strongly believe that we need to break the cycle because yes, we can have more medical students, have more residents, and then we are in a way producing more physicians, but then what is the longevity of these physicians, right? And I was in a virtual medical meeting and somebody, I, I, I did a question. I can't remember what the question was, but I raised my hand. I did a virtual question and the answer was, well, that's not our problem. You know, people leave medicine for different reasons. And I was like, mm, you know, I, I know what's going on. And I know the reasons that a lot of physicians have decided to either leave clinical medicine or not practice clinical medicine or be part-time. And that's when I decided between my healing journey and seeing, oh, wait a second, there's some things in medical education that are not healthy and that really do not help us. And then, you know, we, we start carrying, again, like this trauma is very trauma-focused, right? We start carrying these stories of trauma since medical school. And then we go out into a challenging career, right? And that makes it even harder. So... One, I strongly believe in stories. I think that, you know, you can connect with people through story. My story can connect with you in your, in your story. That's one of the ways that we can connect, that we can, you know, have empathy, that we can attune to others. So hopefully I share there my stories and the stories of some of my colleagues, because I know that there are many doctors that can relate to that and can say, oh, yeah, she gets me. Yeah, I have been there. I understand her. And then I strongly believe in the capacity that journaling has to create awareness and introspection. I don't think that necessarily, you know, the goal that I had with the book was to like, oh, so like doctors stay in medicine or doctors do this or doctors do that. But it's more this. Can you reconnect completely with yourself, develop this introspection, awareness, and then also some other tools that can help you just shine, right, in your medical career and have a career that is very, uh, you know, that you have satisfaction, that it is what you wanted and what you dream of when you started in medical school. Mm -hmm. Yes, because it's the... And I hate to say this, but it's the Western medicine, the way and all the red tape and everything else that's attached to medicine that sort of drains the physician. And I mean, I really want to acknowledge that all of you health care providers underwent a tremendous amount of stress and, and trauma in some ways going through the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the anxiety of going into work, not knowing if you were going to be the next kind of victim to this, um, to this virus, could I just don't know how physicians were able to endure. And I have heard of people leaving medicine. It's just, I think that did it. I think that really pushed a lot of people. Now, since that time, at least here in lifestyle medicine, I'm, I just recently um, interviewed two different groups in from ACLM or physicians that are trained in lifestyle medicine who have, um, created support groups in a way or programs to support their colleagues 
physicians and really people in healthcare uh, because of, you know, the suicide rate, the burnout rate that, that has been happening, but grew even more so as a result of the pandemic. It sounds like you're doing something similar in the sense that you're supporting your colleagues. Yes. And, you know, the good thing is that, so sometimes physicians are like afraid to, you know, reach out and say, hey, I need help, right? For multiple reasons. So in a way, this is a resource that provides them with some privacy. Yes. You know, Perfect. you can get it. You can do it at your own time, at your own pace. I do mention some other resources at the end of the book that depending on what are their needs, because I think that every everybody's in a different journey, right? They can then decide, hey, I, now I need to do this. Um, but yes, it's a way of one, helping my colleagues and two, it's a way of helping also patients because if your doctor is healthy, he's going to provide better care to you and you, you deserve a physician in your life, right? Yes. So I, okay. So this is sort of like uh, your book can be gifted to another physician. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my God. Yes. I yes. love it. I, because again, because I'm now learning about how much um, physicians have to endure um, and the, the burnout rate is just, you know, out of control now. I'm, I'm now paying attention, Dr. Colon, to how I relate to physicians and yeah, I definitely keep having these conversations because I think we also like when you're talking about humanized medicine, it's the other way around too. We as patients have to remember that uh, behind that white coat is another human being who also has responsibilities with family, marriage, obligations, you know, to the home, a career. They are just as human as we are. And, you know, you all experience stress just like we do. And the best thing that we can do is just kind of every once in a while check in with our physicians when we have our visit and say, well, how are you doing? How, yes. how are you doing today? You know, just yes. to acknowledge the fact that they're human as well. Yes, yes. And that was actually one of the things that, um, so on the uh, social media pages that I said, you know, yes, this is a book for physicians that physicians can buy. But if you have a physician in your life that you love, Right. If you are like, I have been with my doctor for 20 years and we have this great relationship and I know of people that do, then this is a, this is something that you should give them because you might not know, right? If they're coming to work and then leaving in tears, right? Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, in your practice, in the work that you do, I'm always interested in whether a physician can implement all that we learn in lifestyle medicine. And when, you, when you're a family physician, how much time do you have to talk about physical activity and the power of food? And, um, and do you have anything, any literature, anything that you provide your patients? Yes. So, you know, one of the reasons that I decided to create Right Salud Revisited was because of that, because I wanted to be able to have more time with my patients to be able to deliver this type of care. And, um, you know, when you are in the traditional health system, you're very limited on the amount of time that you have with your patients. And 
the goal a lot of the times is volume. Um, therefore, right, I, I think that I, I have always integrated it into my practice, right? But I have not been to necessarily tell the patient, okay, let's write a SMART goal. And do you want to, you know, work on the SMART goal? I don't know, one or two weeks. Okay, well, let's see me back in two weeks to see how it went. And then when you come back, let me know what the challenges were so that we can think about those challenges, right? Um, or to necessarily besides telling them, well, try to eat more whole food, plant-based diet and give them the uh, one pager. I think the ACLMN has one pager infographic that they have it actually in Spanish and English um, and tells them about, you know, that changes in their diet that they should do or the way that they nourish their bodies. I really nece don't necessarily have like the time to go into, let's really talk about it. So the beauty of it is that now I can, right? I tell people, you know, when somebody comes to see me, I have the knowledge of like Western medicine. I can see all of your labs. I know the medications that you need. But then I also have all of this knowledge of helping you create what I call like your little blue zone, right? World. And the other thing is that then I can also help you with my integrative medicine, you know, education and unless do you want to try more gentle approaches, right? And, um, you know, just to mention, I'm also completing my acupuncture because I have also found that to be, again, a very gentle but powerful modality, right? Just as gentle and powerful as food, right? So that is the type of care that I want to be able to provide, and I know that in order to do that, it's, it's, it would be very hard for me to do it in a system that constricts me. And that at the same time that constricts me, it is also not beneficial for the patient. Mm -hmm. Yes. So it, it makes sense. Salud Revisited is sort of an extension of what you can offer. So here you are. You're... I see the limitations in Western medicine and the short amount of time that you can work with patients, but your Salud Revisited is an extension of where you can offer your knowledge in integrative medicine, lifestyle medicine, and it becomes more like, well, you talked about group visits, but it becomes also like one-on-one -on -one coaching, I'm assuming, mm -hmm. that you see your patients one-on-one. -on -one. Yes. You talked about personal investment, and that's something that I often try to encourage people to do, to think outside of the box and, and, and work with a physician who is trained in other modalities that your regular physician is not. So I definitely would do that. I do that myself now in the sense that I, I invest in my own health by reading a lot and looking at the latest studies and learning from, from physicians like yourself. Yes. And, you know, I think that, so when you think about personal investment, one of like the mantras, right, I have a list of mantras for my practice. Um, and one of them is your health is your greatest asset, right? And again, um, sometimes in this culture, we see, oh, no, the most important thing is to work and make money. And think about it. If you do not have a healthy body, 
can you work long-term? If you cannot focus, right, if you don't have energy, you know, how longer would it take you to, I don't know, write the email that maybe it will take you five minutes to do if you don't need three cups of coffee, right? So when I think about like personal investment is because, yes, your health is an asset, you know, it's equity. Um, and sometimes we treat it as this thing that somebody else has to fix. And I come here, I tell you, you give me, I take it, and this is supposed to make it better. But the reality is, you know, that if we start to take care of ourselves in a different way, if you, you know, give your body time, if you are willing to make the changes, even if they're slow, right? Um, you know, even something as, which I know that you talk about, right, a lot, like a whole food plant-based diet. That's not something that necessarily everybody will be able to do from today till tomorrow, right? But if you're willing, you know, you also have to invest the time in coming, learning how you're going to cook differently, learning how to read nutrition labels, right? Learning, you know, how you can, oh, where am I going to get my protein from? Well, let's talk about that, right? So there is this personal investment at many levels that is not only, um, you know, the, the cost of the service, if that makes sense. Yes, yes. And again, I'm looking at your, I guess you can, would you call them programs or offerings of how you work with patients? And so you have individual one on one where you incorporate that traditional medicine with the use of vitamins and supplement herbs mind-body modalities, all the things we've been talking about. And I, I'm familiar with integrative medicine, and I love that field as well. And they do bring a little bit more of the components of uh, supplementing. And then you have other things that I love, which is like the group appointments, because people receive support. They feel the support by coming together with other people that have similar goals. Um, what other offerings do you have? The other things that I'm going to start to do is the workshops, right? So I have the first one is actually at the end of this month. And that one is specifically on meditation and journaling. It's a three-hour workshop. Um, so, and, and that will be in person. It's not online. Um, I am going to be doing heart math, right? Um, as a workshop, and then also what I title Earth Seasons, which is, so how can we take care of our bodies throughout the four seasons that, because they're different, right? Like what your body needs in the summer is very different than what your body needs in the winter. And so how can we take care of our patient, uh, of our bodies the best way throughout those seasons. And then the other thing that I, so I still need to play and brainstorm with it a little bit more, but um, very excited. And I truly believe in this is um, a retreat where you will get to work on a story, right? And when I think about this component of trauma and the effects that it has in your body is, well, let's bring a story of something that happened to you while you were growing up that's sticky, right? It's still with you without judgment. And can we bring it in a safe environment 
in a community that is safe for you, where you can receive attunement and healing. But at the same time, since I know that not everything happens in the brain, right? So not all the healing happens in the brain. Um, I want to incorporate things like meditative walks, my yoga, healthy eating. So that it's a really a, a retreat where you pay attention to yourself and then you do kind things for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I still have to brainstorm a little bit more about that in terms of the logistics, but that is like one of the things that I'm really excited about being able to offer to people. Retreats are a wonderful idea. I have attended retreats, um, various types of retreats, and they, I just love them. I think people want those opportunities. We did um, recently, uh, um, we have a friend that's a chef who did a retreat about an hour away from where we live. Uh, it's about an hour distance. And she invited my husband to to speak on the medical health aspect of it. But her retreat was an entire day of sampling delicious whole food, plant-based, oil-free dishes um, to learning how to cook. So if all the students prepped the meal, the lunch, she brought in her um, physical, um, not her physical therapist, her fitness instructor. And the whole day she talked about practical tips to um, living this way, how to travel when you have, you know, a little bit more limitations. So the whole day was an educational experience about whole food, plant-based foods. And it was so well attended. She does these now quarterly and people come from out of state. They fly in for these retreats. It's incredible to me that people really need this information. And that's, again, what would I consider to be a real personal investment? Mm-hmm. You know, people pay hundreds of dollars to go to a concert for one or two hours. Uh, <laughs> so and and you do feel good after a concert, but it doesn't give you the tools to make a, a significant change in your life like a retreat. Yes. What yours Go yeah, ahead. what you're speaking about is even more enticing because it's more specific related to, like you said, the stories that people have and then how to heal them with a variety of different modalities that you'll be teaching them about. Yes. And I think that it also provides, you know, people with an experiential experience, right? Which I, again, I think that one thing is to tell somebody, well, go and change the way that you eat and exercise, right? But now you have this opportunity to do it. And then how is it that you're feeling, right? I think, you know, one of the the questions that I usually ask my patients when they start changing the way that they eat, is not so much focus on the weight and the numbers, but do you feel with more energy? Do you feel more vitality? Do you feel like you're able to concentrate better? You're able to focus. Let's pay attention to all of these other things that happen, right? Because I think that that can help you then make sustainable change, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, you have so much information that I think is very unique that I haven't seen other doctors do. Like, for example, when you were talking about the seasonal uh self-care in a way. Um, I think about, I don't know if I told you, but I briefly lived in Houston and I experienced what uh, I think people call seasonal depression mm. from sort of 
at the time I felt very, like it was very overcast, like the weather really affected me. I don't know why, but I, I began to realize that um, being outdoors is very important for me. And sometimes work keeps us indoors or the weather in Houston, it gets very muggy. And <laughs> in Dallas, it's very hot now. And now our lifestyles are starting to change, right, during these particular seasons. So that means spending more times indoors, which can be frustrating. It's not ideal. Not everybody can live in California, for example. <laughs> yes. yes, perfect yeah, weather. So. <laughs> um so I, I, I'm very excited about all that you're putting together. Now, you, we kind of glazed over heart math. I don't know if you can explain that to my listeners. Yeah, so let's put it in um, like very simple terms. So with heart math, I teach you to use your breath to change the variability of your heartbeat, Right. So our heartbeat does not always have the same rhythm that is beating. And what studies have found is that if we increase the variability of how your heart rate beats, it has a lot of health benefits, but especially, again, in your brain and in your mental health, right? So um, it comes with a little app that guides you that you can use like on your phone, right? And it's very simple. You, it has like different faces. So you select the color and the face that represents how you feel. And then it guides you through an exercise. Um, ideally, I like to help patients focus on, so why is it that we're doing this, right? What, what are like the symptoms? So, okay, so I'm anxious. I can sleep well. These are the things that, okay, so when you're anxious, what is it that's going on? Oh, well, my uh, my dog is irritating me because it's barking all day when I'm trying to work from home. Okay, so let's work on that, right? And this, this is another tool that we have that, again, you can do it at home in the privacy of your home. It's not invasive, right? So it just have a little uh, tool that you put here on your earlobe, and then you can clip it to, I usually clip it to my T-shirt, Right. And that's the way that it connects via Bluetooth to the app so that you can receive all of the feedback in terms of how you are progressing in this. So another tool that is gentle, not invasive. We know that has evidence that is going to be beneficial for your health and specifically for your mental health. Hmm. So technology has advanced so much. It's amazing to me. I, I don't know, Dr. Colon, if I told you, I lived in California at one time in San Diego, and I belonged to uh, a meditative or group, I guess you can call it. Um, all, you know, all that stuff exists out there in, San, in the Southern California area. And this particular group, we would meet, I think, once a week. And one, one day they brought in a heart map machine. Now it was larger. I don't know if you remember those. That does offer sort of that biofeedback. So we took say, I guess we were checking our pulse or some or our heart rate. <laughs> mm -hmm. So we did it before the meditation. And then we did it after the meditation to really see for ourselves the power of breath work, because it was mainly breath work. And that takes you into this meditative state. Um, that helps you to kind of move out of your mind. And you can see how you're affecting your own health, your own body 
through these exercises. And so I see the value in heart math. And I don't, I hear about it every once in a while. I haven't met another doctor, say, for example, that's trained in lifestyle medicine that's using it the way you're going to use it. So this is pretty cool. Yes, 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 yes. Yep. Very excited. So what what else would you like to tell our listeners? I'm just, you know, amazed at what you're doing, how dedicated you are in your own personal growth and in, in really your career as well as you're continuing to, to provide resources for your patients. Yes. I think that, you know, I would want every patient to know that there's hope. There is hope when it comes to our health. And yes, there's certain, you know, we don't have complete control of everything, right? But there's a lot of things that we can do to keep ourselves healthy, right? Um, And whether your goal is, I want to take less medications, whether your goal is, I want to have a better relationship with my body, um, whether your goal is, hey, I, I want to learn what this whole food plant-based diet is. We, you know, we can help you with each one of those, or at least I can help you with each one of those. Um, <laughs> and yes, maybe not all doctors, um, but <laughs> I, I can definitely do it. Um, and, and I think that this message of one, hope, and two is, and I know that you probably have seen the values, right, for um my my services and for my clinic is this concept of can we do health with grace and with beauty? Can it be gentle? Can it be tender? Right? And then, yes, that might mean that I might need to take certain medications or maybe use certain supplements or herbs. It might be for some time. It might be that you might need those, right, for longer periods of time. But can we start to relate to our health and to our bodies in a different way? Because reality is, if we do it the way that culture tells us to do it, it will be fast food type of healthcare, which we know that's not good. <laughs> you're you're very right. I mean, we're not in an assembly line. We're not objects going through a conveyor belt or whatever, you know, there's next, next, keeping, keeping everybody going like that. We do have to stop and take a different approach. It's a, it's a real mind shift, like mindset to think differently about how to take care of our health and our health. And also like, you know, what we can expect from doctors who have this training like you do very, very different than the traditional physician that we visit once a year, for example. Yes, yes. Like I won't be seeing you in six to 10 minutes because then I cannot really work with you in that amount of time. Um, You know, or I won't be telling you, well, I'm going to refill all of your medications, come and see me next year for your annual, right? Because Mm -hmm. again, that's that the goal is to really get you to a healthy place. Uh Uh-huh. And so I'm assuming that you see patients locally and you also see patients virtually via Zoom? Yes. So I see patients virtually uh, via the, you know, the medical record, the EMR, right, uh, system. And then, yes, I do see patients locally in the Houston area um, by appointments because um, it's a chair office space. One of them is in the Westcott area in 
probably, um, I'm still finalizing, but probably also in the Memorial uh, West Houston area as well. Okay. Oh, I do have another question about licensing. Um, and I know that it's different for different physicians. If they're offering a certain program, it might not require licensing. But um, in Dallas, we're always asked about, you know, and I say we, my husband and I, people ask us, do you know a plant-based physician in Dallas, for example? Um, are you able to see people even in our area in Dallas, for example, since you're licensed in the state of Texas? And can you see people outside of Texas? Yeah. So right now I'm doing virtual for the entire state of Texas. Okay. Right. It's great to know. Yes. Yeah. So right now I'm not open to patients outside of the state. I think that that's something that maybe might happen in the future, right? Um, but definitely I can see patients from any place in the state of Texas, Spanish and English, um, pretty flexible with the hours. Yeah. Well, we're a large state. We need physicians like you. So we definitely need, you know, I want to encourage everyone to check out Dr. Maria Colon uh, Gonzalez's website. And if you know anyone that's looking for a physician that has this training, please send them over because we always have this, you know, concern that people want to know. Is there a doctor that's trained? Well, yeah, they are. They just you have to listen to my show to hear about them. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> to find them, to find them, yes. <laughs> to find them. No, I'm teasing. But you are bilingual. That's the other thing that I wanted to emphasize. Tell us more about that because that's initially what drew me to you when I first met you a couple yes. of years ago. Yeah. So I am born and raised in Puerto Rico. My first language is Spanish. Um, and I feel very passionate, especially, um, you know, when you think about the Hispanic or Latino population within the U.S., we know that especially um, migrants, right, once they become part of the culture in the United States, some of their health actually deteriorates, right? Um, so one, you know, I'm passionate about that. And two is like, I understand how you eat and I can still help you. Like we're still going to eat all of those, you know, rice and beans and corn and your avocado. Um, and you can still, you know, reach your health goals, even if you're eating your rice and your beans and your avocado, which I love, you know. Um, so I grew up in Puerto Rico. I did my medical school in Puerto Rico. I still have family in Puerto Rico. The island is in my heart. I wish that one day I can live in a place where I could have mountains and beach because that is like, that's me, right? And when I was in medical school, I had the, the blessing that I was like 15 or 20 minute bus ride from the beach. And sometimes I would finish medical school and I would grab the bus. I didn't have a car. So I would grab, grab the bus, you know, go to the beach. I would study there and then I would walk to my dad's job and then ride back with him. So I am all passionate about, you know, those beach and parties. And I understand the Latino culture. I understand that we like to be more warm, that we're more happy, that we're going to be louder and use more colors because that's just who we are. 
Yes. And yes, thank you for saying colors, because I am that person that's very colorful. And so I used to think it's it was from living in California, and then just people feeling a little bit more relaxed in their looks and all of that. But I realized that I just love color. And I often have to ask my husband, is it okay? Are you okay with the way I'm dressed today? Because this is me. (laughs) <laughs> this is what I yeah. love color. Um, but, you know, Dr. Colon, there's also that sense of trust that our communities need from our healthcare providers. And so just like you said, you know, if I come to you and I don't have this knowledge and I'm telling you that, you know, I'm dealing with weight issues and I'd like to see a significant change in my life. And you and 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 I know that you're Hispanic. I, you. It's like, I don't even have to tell you, you understand that we love gathering around the kitchen table or, <laughs> you know, we we have dinner and we stay there and we have coffee. There's just something about our cultures that are very from like about family and gatherings are very important. Food is a tremendous part of our lives. And so it does. I feel like it relaxes the interaction a little bit more when you can work with a healthcare provider that has an understanding of your background that because then that way you don't feel like you're being preached to by someone who, you know, outside of that. Um, it's just, a, and, and I appreciate you being one of those physicians I can, you know, cross over between the regular community and the Spanish speaking community. And I say Spanish speaking because it can be anybody from, you know, yes. like you say, Hispanic or Latin. Um, but yes, that's tremendous. So I just wanted to emphasize that we we don't have too many physicians that are bilingual in and trained in integrative lifestyle medicine. So <laughs> it's yeah. you. So thank you so much. Um, can you share again your website and social links so that my listeners will uh, know how to contact you? Yes. So uh, my practice name is Salud Revisited. Um, the website is www.saludrevisited, all together, like one word, dot com. And my social media handles are Salud Revisited. You can find me on Facebook, Google. I just started a YouTube page. So I'm going to be putting more content there. It would be a little bit more longer than the content that you can get in social media. Um, And there's also a blog in my uh, website. So it gives you the opportunity to see who I am, what is it that I'm about, and you can choose, hey, this is somebody that I really want to work with, right? And get excited Mm -hmm. about all the uh, new and different care that can be provided so that we can revisit right? What your health is, and we can provide you that humanized care. That is true. I just, it really sticks now. It's, you're not working with sick care. It's not a sick care. It's about health. (laughs) Salud revisited. This is awesome. Dr. Colon, it's, I'm just so happy for you. Congratulations on all the work that you're doing to support patients. And now you, you graduate, you said you complete your program in September. Yes, in fall of this year, I have my graduation in October in San Diego, and then, um, which is, uh, I don't finish. Um, And then that's exactly when I start my one-year acupuncture training. Oh, my goodness. That's right. It's nonstop. But you're a life learner. I mean, you know, there are people that love to learn and to continue to grow and expand. And you're one of those individuals. That's pretty cool. It's such a pleasure knowing you this way. And when I see you in person, I'm going to give you a big hug because I can't wait to meet you. (laughs) 
So we're going to see you at the Lifestyle Medicine Conference, which I think is in November. I hope it's not too cold in Denver. <laughs> I was talking with some of my friends and I was like, wait, 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 wait. I, I don't have any winter stuff anymore. I usually, you know, uh, stay in a like close by near a hotel and walk. And, and I was like, oh, if I'm going to do that, I better see if I get like winter boots and There you go. Oh, let's see. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. When it's been in Orlando, when the conference has been in Orlando, we book extra days in the area so we can just go and hang out at the pool and just relax because we, you know, mainly for my husband to take a break. But Denver is going to be interesting. So... (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was such a pleasure having you on the show, Dr. Colon. Thank you once again. Yeah, thank you. You've been listening to the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions Podcast with your host, Maya Acosta. If you've enjoyed this content, please share with one friend who can benefit. You can also leave us a five-star review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash HLS. This helps us to spread our message. As always, thank you for being a listener.